0: All right, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 5. I titled this message, Arise and Shine. Arise and shine, great passage of scripture. It's Isaiah prophesying. Really, I think it's millennial promises for the nation of Israel. But we know that God, as God dealt with them, He deals with us in many ways. And so, I want to apply this passage of scripture. Promises given to the nation of Israel, I believe, during the millennial reign of Christ. And I want to say, you know what? The Lord, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we are God's people. And and these type of promises, God can give to us as well. All right. So it's. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Well, I love promises, and there's a lot of promises there. But, you know, promises actually give me hope for the future, I used to have this thing on my desk that says, The, the, the future is as bright as the promises of God. Um, boy, I tell you what, that's true, isn't it? Promises give you hope. And one thing about the Christmas season joy to the world. Hope has come. Hope is a real theme of Christmas time. Promises tell me that God is good and strengthen me, I believe, to fight that good fight of faith. Uh some, some months ago, Frank Franciosi, the general man, manager of WMUZ, he emailed me and he said, Pastor, I just want to ask you, how are you doing? You know, And so I just texted, I just emailed back and I said, I said, I am fighting the good fight of faith. And then he emailed back, he says, amen. So I can tell that he's trying to fight that good fight of faith as well. Every day you have to fight that good fight of faith. You have to choose to believe. In face of fear, in face of doubt, in face of discouragement, in face of trouble, you have to fight, hold fast, resist, stand strong, right? That's fighting that good fight of faith and promises. Lord, you promised. In your word, it says, Lord, I believe this good word. And so those promises really help you fight that good fight of faith. And I love Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12, where the Bible says that we are prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. What does that mean? It means that when you are in a prison and there's no escape, prisons are dark and hold you in captivity. They're fearful places. You're in bondage, as it were. That's like a prison. If you felt like you were in a prison, you could be a prisoner of hope. In other words, in your prison where you don't think in the natural there's any way out, there's no escape, there's no deliverance, there's no hope whatsoever, you can be in that prison, and because God is your God and his word is true, you can actually be in that prison and have hope for deliverance, hope for salvation, hope for healing, hope for a miracle, hope for salvation. You understand what I'm saying? You can literally be a prisoner, yet because you're a child of God, you can have hope even in your prison because the Lord is your deliverer and he will lift you up and out. Somebody say amen to that. The Bible says unbelievers have no hope. But we as believers do, don't we? And so arise and shine, for your light has come. God gave Israel great promises through Isaiah the prophet here that God's glory would arise over them, that the Gentiles would come to their light, that sons and daughters would return to the Lord, that joy would fill their heart, that prosperity would flow to them. And so let's believe God today that these promises are yes. And amen in Christ Jesus for us today, as God's spirit would quicken them to your heart. I see here in Isaiah chapter 60, what I call the problem. And that is darkness will cover the earth. Gross darkness, the Bible says, just will cover the earth. Darkness, deep darkness over the people. Darkness shall cover the earth, but the Lord's going to rise over you. So that's a problem. Darkness. I've learned this about God. God loves to shine his light in darkness. I also love this, that God's light is greater than the darkness. And that God's light shines brightest in the darkness. You agree with all that? Darkness, darkness. What is darkness? Well, darkness, first of all, is what I call spiritual oppression or demonic oppression. It tells us in First John 5, 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of or under the control of or the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. That is demonic oppression. Matter of fact, if you read the book of Revelation and study Old time, Old Testament prophecy concerning the last times, we find an increase in angelic activity the good angels, but also an increase in demonic activity. We know in the last days, perilous times shall come. The Bible talks about seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Bible talks about how the wicked one is cast down and he comes down in great wrath because he knows he has just a little time. And so there's an increase, an increase of spiritual or demonic oppression. Also, the darkness that covers the earth, and we're looking at the darkness that can cover our own personal heart, the darkness that can come into our family, the darkness that can come into our nation. How many believe that our nation is experiencing great darkness? I believe so. I believe so. Gross immorality is the darkness that covers the earth. Matthew 24, verse 12 says, sin will be rampant everywhere. Boy, that's gross immorality. That's sin rampant everywhere. America is, has fallen in so many ways, and there's gross immorality. There's deep darkness. There's spiritual and demonic oppression. Spiritual deception is a part of this darkness. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, Satan, who is the god of this world, little g, God of this world, has blinded the minds, that's that spiritual deception, of those who don't believe. Have you ever witnessed to somebody and you have come into saving faith in Christ and your spiritual eyes have been opened, Jesus is Savior? His Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Your sins are forgiven. Your name's written in the book of life. You have eternal life. You now know the truth. Salvation is wonderful. And you're trying so hard to, to convince or to talk into or to explain or to make people see the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And no matter how hard you try, they just don't get it. They just don't see it. Well, the Bible tells us here the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And I remember people witnessing to me, and I just didn't get it. And then all of a sudden, I was wonderfully saved, and light shined in my heart. My mind was opened, and I still remember laying in bed. I'd been saved maybe two days, laying in bed, and just saying, I can see. I now know. There is a God. I'm going to heaven. I was so happy, but I was enlightened. My mind, my heart was opened to the wonderful gospel. Well, the Bible talks about this darkness. It's spiritual deception. It's demonic oppression. It's gross immorality. It is number four, rebellion against God. In Matthew 13, verse 15, these are just characteristics of what I call darkness, rebellion against God. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And listen, to this is the rebellion. And they have closed their eyes. See, it's one thing for the devil to blind them so that they do not understand or cannot believe. But there is a response to the activity of the enemy and the darkness of the heart where we as human beings cooperate and willfully close our own eyes, shut our own ears, harden our own heart, because we love darkness rather than light. And that's the judgment that has come into the world that men love darkness rather than light. Or as it says in Romans chapter 3, all we like sheep have gone astray. Now listen to this. One thing to go astray, you know, you just kind of lose your way. We have turned everyone to his own way that talks about there's a cooperation there there's a choice now we just don't wander astray or wander about kind of lost we just don't know it it does mean that but it also means this that we willfully to choices that we make to the determinations of our own hearts, turn from the truth shut our eyes, stop up our own ears, and harden our own heart. That, my friend, is rebellion against God. And that's the darkness that overcomes this earth, this nation, families, and the own personal human heart. But I see two commands. The first is arise, and the second is shine. Arise, shine. Arise, shine. That's what the Lord is telling us to do today. Arise. I looked this up in the Message Bible, and he translated this word arise, this command arise. He said, put it this way, get out of bed and wake up. Get out of bed and wake up. Get out of bed and wake up. I like that. Let's take a look at this arise like you are laying down in bed. You're sleeping and the Lord comes and says, get up out of bed. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It tells us in Ephesians 5 verse 14, therefore he says, awake, you who sleep arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. That's a great verse for those that don't know God, who are dead in their sins, seemingly asleep, blinded, right? Unable to rise up. But it's also a great command for believers. For believers can fall asleep, as it were. I think of two two people. You know, I believe that excessive sleeping is a sign of spiritual lethargy. And a lethargic heart, or a backslidden heart. I'm talking about excessive sleeping. Samson fell asleep in Delilah's lap. Jesus took his twelve, or the eleven, Judas had already left to betray him. Took his eleven to the garden of Gethsemane. Commands them to stay awake, watch, and pray with them. But what they do, they all fell asleep. And the Bible, and not not just in Ephesians five, but in other places, tells us to wake up, wake up, open your eyes. Don't be so sleepy. Be alert. Be steadfast. Be vigilant. It's perilous times. When, uh, when I was a painter uh, before we came up here to pastor this church, I, uh, me and my partner, we had a painting company. And it was very challenging times. We started this painting company in the midst of a recession. Ronald Reagan had just been elected president. And I, I remember the prime interest rate was right around 20%. And so people weren't building very many new homes because uh, you know a, a mortgage was right up there eighteen to twenty percent mortgage. I remember our very first house we bought in Pan and Ramo when we moved up here, our our, our mortgage payment, our interest on in our mortgage payment was twelve and a half percent, and we thought that was a great deal because it had come down from. You remember, remember the prime interest rate being twenty percent. Now loans are so cheap now, but back then it was challenging. And and our specialty was new home construction. We painted new homes, and nobody's building homes. And, oh, it was a very challenging time for my partner and I, and we weren't making much money. And uh, January, February, January and February were challenging months. I'm talking about sleeping. Challenging months. And I would just think in my mind about jobs and how to get jobs and how much money I need to make and how am I going to pay my bills and this and that. And I'd just be thinking, 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 thinking. I'd be driving myself crazy trying to think through how we're going to find work, how much work we needed, how much money I needed to make off each job, what, uh, you know, at the end of the month and how I'm going to pay the, just, uh, just be thinking it through, thinking it through and just be full of anxiety trying to think it through and to somehow come up with answers. And I found that if I took a nap, fell asleep, I could get my mind to stop thinking. So in January, February, I would take a lot of naps. And I remember my wife says, why are you taking so many naps? And it was to escape reality. That's why. To escape reality. Excessive sleep is a symptom of spiritual apathy and a depressed spirit. Hmm arise. You know, and uh, you can get a depressed spirit, a discouraged heart in these very challenging times. And maybe you, like me, many years ago, think, you know, the best way to handle this is to put my mind at rest by shutting her all down and taking long naps. But you know what? You're going to wake up and it's all right there for you. Right? And so you gotta come up with a better way to deal with things. It's like going on vacation. I just want to escape and get away. Well, that's great for one to two weeks, but you know what? It's all waiting for you when you get back. And so you need more than a vacation. It can be very helpful to have a vacation. I agree with that. But you need more than that to deal with life. You need faith in God, trust in his promises, an open heart to the goodness of God. Yeah, understand what I'm talking about? Wake up, get out of bed, get up from the ground. Sometimes when the Bible says arise, maybe it's to get up out of your bed, but maybe you've been struck down, as it were. You're literally lying on the ground because life has struck you down. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 9. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So God has placed his, we're the earthen vessel. God has placed his treasure in us. That treasure is the Holy Spirit. So that the power might be of God. That the help might be of God. The strength might be of God. The overcoming uh, power might be of the Lord. That the excellence, if there's any praise, if there's any virtue, if there's any good thing, it's worked in me by the Holy Spirit. It's not myself. That's what that means, that the excellence may be, uh, the power may be of God and not of us. And then he says this, and sometimes life is this way, we are hard pressed on every side. You feel like it's pressing in on you, hard pressed on it. But listen to this, because we have the Holy Spirit, we are not crushed. You might feel that pressure. Financial pressure, relationship pressure, spiritual oppression. You might feel that pressure, but the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, and you have the ability to endure, to persevere, to overcome, to not be crushed. He goes on. He says, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. I don't know what to do. I'm out of answers. I don't know. We are perplexed. Do you ever get that way? I just, I get that way a lot. I don't know. Pastor, what should we do here? Pastor, what should we do? What, What do we do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answers here. I just don't know. It's always changing, always shifting, always moving. We are, as the Bible says, perplexed, but because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, We're not in despair. What does that mean? Well, I don't have the answers. I'm not sure what to do. But I do know God. He knows the end from the beginning. His wisdom is perfect. He can speak to my heart. Let's seek the Lord. Let's incline our heart to God. Let's quiet ourselves before God. Let's have God speak to us. He's going to help us. I'm not in despair, even though I don't know, because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. He can be that still small voice. He can quicken a word. He can burden your heart. He can send counsel your way. He's the God of all comfort. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we're not in despair, even though we are perplexed. We're not crushed, even though we might be pressed down, persecuted, but not forsaken. Yes, men might say things, but yet the Lord is with us. He's not leaving us. He's not withdrawing his heart from us. And I like this one, talking about how we can be just on the ground, struck down, but not destroyed. That's right. Sometimes it comes at you and it's like a blow. And the blow is so hard, it takes you right on down. A great loss, a great affliction, a great trial, or numerous blows. Next thing you know, you're down, down to your knees. Are on your face, and lacking strength. But I want you to know, you might be struck down, but you're not destroyed. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. The Bible says, the righteous man may fall seven times, but he'll rise up again. There's a bounce back to us because of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Amen? Hallelujah. Daniel was struck down, as it were, on his face. And it says this in Daniel chapter 10. Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. Get to your feet. Stand up, Daniel, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. So the angel comes to Daniel and he's down. And the angel says, a word from the Lord, stand up, Arise. You know what? If God speaks a command to you, he always gives you the power or the grace to do it. I can't get up. If God told you to get up, you can get up because the Lord's going to help you get up. He's going to strengthen you to get up, right? While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling and he said, Oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. What great words. May the Lord speak these words to our hearts today. Oh, man or woman here today, you are beloved, loved by God. Don't fear. Peace, peace, I speak to you. Peace, I speak to you. Be strong. I love you. Don't fear. Be at peace. Be strong. That's God speaking to us today. I love you. Don't fear. Be at peace. Be strong. Let me add this. Stand up. Stand up. I love you. Be at peace. Be strong. Don't fear. Then if you read that verse, the Bible says, Daniel was strengthened. (laughs) Can we be strengthened today? So the first command is arise. The second command is shine, shine, fear, anger, division, strife, discouragement will hide your light. This one says in first John four seventeen. as he is, so are we in this world as he is, as Jesus is. So are we in this world? Let's be like Jesus. Well, how was Jesus in the world? Well, he was courageous, loving, peaceful, strong. Kind and overcoming as he is be that way why is that well he's on the inside of you the holy spirit is the spirit of christ the spirit of christ having the holy spirit on the inside of you is as if jesus is living on the inside of you it's christ in you the spirit of christ Shine, shine, shine your light by living victoriously and sharing Jesus. We have this uh, at the movies next Sunday, and I realize it won't be nearly the size of an outreach that we've had in the past, the COVID and fear and social distance. You know, I understand that, but I want to try to reach people for Jesus during this time. If we try to make it as safe as we can. And there's people out there that will not be willing to come. I understand that, no problem. But there might be some that will be willing to come. They're gonna hear the gospel. We're gonna shine our light. Might be a, a small step evangelism, but it's better than no step evangelism as far as I'm concerned. Amen, church? So invite, invite people you'll be surprised who would be willing to come. Listen, they're without God, without help, and without hope, the Bible says. And what better time do we, remember, God loves to shine light in darkness, and the light shines the brightest in the darkness. Man, when there is deep darkness that's over the earth, and people's, people are filled with fear, and, and it, they are, aren't they? And God tells you and me to stand up, to arise and shine, 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 Jesus, shine your light, shine the love of God as he is. Jesus is victorious and overcoming and strong and peaceful and loving and kind. So are we in this world. Be like Jesus. Shine. Does Jesus love this world? Absolutely. Hey, there's a time when night comes when no one can work. Well, we can still work. We can still work. We can get out there and be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we have the two commands, to arise and to shine, and God gives us that command when there is deep darkness. Seems to me it be easier to obey that when everything is going good and the sun is shining. Hey, let's arise and shine. The sun is out. Uh, summer is here. The birds are singing. This is awesome. No, it's when there's deep darkness. God says to his people, it's time to arise and to shine. Well, there's a promise that if we arise and shine, the first promise is that Gentiles are going to come to our light. People are going to get saved. They're going to get saved. When we arise and if we shine, people are going to get saved. Doesn't the Bible tell you that? The Gentiles, verse 3, shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your Rising, and then verse 4, the second promise, I want to kind of zero in on this one. Your sons and daughters will come from afar. Listen to this. Are your children backslidden, running from God, lost, not serving the Lord? If so, this promise is yours today. Let's believe it. Verse 4, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. When the children of Israel were terribly back sitting, the prophets would arise and they say, your children are going into captivity. Well, now this is a promise of return, a promise of restoration, a promise of salvation. Lift up your eyes. Rather than them going off into captivity, they're returning, they're coming back home, they're returning to Israel, they're returning to Jerusalem, they're returning back to God. Now, I can't think of anything more heartbreaking than to see loved ones dispersed, fallen away, lost, perishing, distant, backslidden. Your heart aches for that. And so may this be a promise. Your sons and daughters will come back to the Lord. I love Psalm 120, verse 3. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. Just imagine right now. These children, even adult children, coming back to Jesus. And one day having a family dinner. And there they all are. There they all are. How about this one? Second John 4, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth. I rejoiced when I found children walking in truth. No better joy, like the Bible says, your heart shall swell with joy. It says that in verse 5. No better joy than this, than to see your children, let's say your grandchildren, your loved ones, walking in truth, serving Jesus honoring God, enjoying salvation. Am I right about that? How about this one? He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The favor of God from one generation to the next. Let's believe God that if you're that Abraham generation and you've given birth to your Isaacs or your children, that they're going to serve the Lord and they give birth to their Jacob, their children, which is your grandchildren, that there is a generational blessing. The favor of the Lord, that he's the God of Tim and Rhonda, Luke and Hannah, And the six grandchildren, and we're all gonna know the Lord and love the Lord and serve the Lord. Let that be a promise, not just for us, but for all of you. All of you. Don't forget Jake and Jen in there as well. Hmm, awesome. Do you need to arise today, to shine today, to believe God today? This is my conclusion let's believe God. Let's believe God. It's so easy to get downcast, discouraged, overcome, oppressed, depressed, possessed, don't want to be possessed, do we? No, we don't. So it's easy during these times. But the Lord would say, get up, stand up, shine your light. If you do that, the glory of the Lord is going to be on you. You're going to win people to Christ and your children and your children's children are going to come from afar. All right, parents, if you have children, grandparents, if you have grandchildren, whatever it might be, and you want them to come back to the Lord, you know, you know, I'm going to pray right now for that. Just lift your hand or if you want to stand to your feet. Or if you just want to open your hands like this to receive, let's fight that good fight of faith. Let's believe. In time of great darkness, and maybe they're walking in great darkness, that's when we can arise and shine and see them come from afar. They're far away. Your children, your sons and daughters will come from afar. They're coming from afar away. It's not hopeless, for the Lord is among us. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for our children. We pray for our grandchildren. We pray for our loved ones, that husband or that wife, that spouse, or our parents, or whoever, our loved ones, part of our family, they're afar, far away. And Lord, right now, we just believe that they're going to return to Jesus, That's our prayer. That's our hope. We are placing our faith in the goodness of God, the promises of God today. Father, I pray that you pour encouragement into every person here today, that they might stand to their feet in faith and encourage, that they might shine the light of Jesus. As you are, so are we in this world. And oh God, that their witness would be effective and effectual to the glory of God, that people will come to know Jesus through our testimony, that our children, our family will come to know Jesus during this time, fulfill your promises, I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. With your head still bowed, eyes closed, let me give an invitation to you today that maybe you don't know Jesus. You're afar off. You're not sure about salvation. You don't know if you have a relationship with God or not. Or perhaps you used to but you've wandered away and today is the day to come back to jesus i want to pray for you if you want to receive christ or return to the lord today let me pray for you all right let me believe god with you what better time than today now today to come to jesus to return to the lord to believe upon him to place your trust in christ to commit your life to him from this day forward, I'm going to serve the Lord. If you want me to pray for you today, just raise your hand. Lift your hand high. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Just lift your hand high if you want me to pray for you. Lift your hand high. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see one hand lifted high. Praise the Lord. it high. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, you that are raising your hand, if you lift up your eyes to me, amen, we're going to pray for you right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, let's all pray together. Just repeat this prayer. Can you do that for me? Say, Dear Lord, I come to you. I give you my life from this day forward. I'm going to put you first. I turn back to you, O God. Forgive me, O Lord, of all my sins. Give me your Holy Spirit that I might live for you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We rejoice. We rejoice with you. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. We got a baptismal service. A line up there. How many is getting baptized? Yeah, we got six people being baptized today. Six people being baptized. Come on. Thank you, Lord.